Welcome, dear listener, to Faith FM. Welcome to this program, the Draft Time program, where we share Bible truths. This is Fabiano Nyonguru, and our theme for this week has been the Bible and the end time events. Some of the big questions which we have been studying and wrestling with uh, this uh, this week has been uh, the Sabbath, finding rest in God, and many other more. Today we will be answering a very important question: Who is the Antichrist? Of course, a lot of people have their own views and uh, understanding on this topic. But today we are going to look at the Bible, and uh, and the Bible will give us the truth of who is the Antichrist. Now. I am here in the studio with Helen. Um, Helen is a faithful student of the Bible. And uh, I think I have said this almost every time I was on this program. But uh, I believe that she is a faithful student of the Bible. That's why I emphasize that over and over again. Welcome, Helen. Thank you, Fabiano. It is a delight to be with you again. Yes. And, uh, yeah, I love the study of Scripture. Wonderful. Absolutely love Praise it. Praise God. Well, the Bible does say, you will know the truth and the truth will set yes, you free. absolutely. Wonderful. Well, welcome. So I am, once again, Fabiano, a minister to the Melrose Park Seventh-day Adventist Church, and Helen is also ministering at... Uh, um, That's right. (laughs) Welcome once again. And today we have quite an interesting study. For those who have been following, uh, we have uh, studied the the topic of who is the Antichrist yesterday. We had the first uh, uh, part to this question answered. And... The, 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 the panel or those who were leading us through this study went through bi- biblical prophecies, especially in the book of Daniel and Revelation, and uh, where we find patterns and uh, 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 predictions of which God gave uh, to his servant Daniel as well as to his servant uh, John, which would help us understand who is the Antichrist from a biblical perspective. And of course, we saw kingdoms and empires and how they will come and fall. And uh, But towards the end of that study, we studied about this terrible beast, which, which was the fourth beast, which came out of the sea. And this terrible, terrible beast had ten horns. And apparently, according to the Bible, out of out of those ten horns, one little horn came up and it replaced three other horns. And of course, if you don't know what we are talking about, talking about, and if it, if it uh, sounds uh, like uh, like uh, like a film, uh, what should I say, like a Hollywood film of what we are referring to, I would invite you to go back and study Daniel chapter two, Daniel chapter seven, Daniel chapter eight, and then you'll be able to put the pieces together and of course the Bible as well. I think Helen can also help us uh, just filling in for yeah. for, for, for Fabiana, us. I'd just like to mention that this part that we did last night, mm. we are going to do some of that again. Just review. That's right. That's but if right. people want to hear that one, if they missed it, mm. they can upload to their um, computer or their phone That's the right. FM app That's right. and um, they can re-listen to any That's of right. these. Faith yeah. FM. Yes, Faith yes. FM. Faith FM. And you'll be able to, re-lis- to re-listen to yeah. these programs. Wonderful. So, Helen, we would like to delve 
straight into these topics simply Absolutely. because uh, we have wonderful truths of which we are going to discover uh, together. However, I would like to just give a little introduction here about the Protestant Reformation. And the Protestant Reformation was one of the greatest events in, the, in, in world history. By the mid-1500s, this movement has swept throughout uh, Germany and was advancing through Switzerland, England, France, Austria, and many other parts of Europe. Now, the Reformation was based on the idea of sola scriptura, which means the Bible alone, or the Bible only. Through a study of scripture, the Reformers discovered uh, discovers the refreshing beauty of salvation through faith instead of works. So, you would hear the word uh, um, sola gratias or sola fide. You know, these were terms which emphasized their belief in the Bible and the Bible alone and, and in faith alone when it comes to salvation, and that is grace alone. And prophecy became the key focus as they were starting to understand truths. And as the Reformers investigated the books of Daniel and Revelation, the subject of the Antichrist captured their attention. In their view, it was the leadership of their own church that fulfilled all the criteria for being the Antichrist of prophecy. Now, this shocked them. They were, they were amazed to see that all the characteristics of the Antichrist actually pointed to their own leaders and to their own church. Now, that was, that was uh, I, as I can imagine, it would not have felt good uh, to start with. However, because they loved the truth and they trusted that the Bible is the source of truth, they had to believe in what they, uh, in what they discovered. They came to this understanding that the papacy, the system, was the Antichrist. Now, mainstream Christianity had become corrupt at that time, and the church life was a form of tradition, and uh, many other things had gone wrong. Can I just mention here, um, yes. Sabiano, that the reformers discovered a God to run to, not mm. to run from. That's right. That's because right. Because quite often in those days, um, God was someone to be feared. Yes. Yes. You know, right. and, and they right. were taught about purgatory and all That's sorts right. of things. That's right. Mm. So, so they found truths that had been covered, if I could use that mm. word, for, for, for quite a long time. And all of a sudden, they were finding precious truths which liberated them yes. and actually drew them more closer to God. Uh, that's that's yeah. wonderful. Based on the Bible, mm. not on the traditions of man. That's right. Mm -hmm. That's right. And, you know, also, if I could also mention that some of the truths that they found uh, was that uh, uh, not only was the Bible and the Bible only was their source of truth, but they realized that Jesus also was the only head of the church yes. uh, not a human being and of course we are going to study much more on this topic but here are some of the questions which we'll be wrestling with um, 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 and the first question of course which we'll be wrestling with uh, with is uh, uh, is there any validity to the claims of the reformers especially when it comes to the, the, the claim that uh, the antichrist is the papacy is there validity to that claim and is it even Christian to call other Christians 
and Antichrist. Why does the Bible prophecy use such such graphic and negative terms and uh, and images? And what is the relevance of the Antichrist prophecy for today? These are some of the questions of which we'll be wrestling. Uh, uh, with uh, in, in this discussion, and I'm so glad that we have Helen in in the studio today. In the hot seat. In the hot yes. seat, because I'll be firing all the questions <laughs> to you, and, uh, and and you help us, of course. You walk us through <laughs> this, and, and I believe that we are going to learn wonderful truth today. And 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 before we go any further, our focus is discovering truths. However, not losing sight of Jesus. That's true. Wonderful. All right, Helen, I'll go straight to it then. Can I just stop for one moment? Okay. And that is, um, we've been doing a study at the moment Mm -hmm. of prayer and intercessory prayer and what have you. That's right. And I came across a statement about prayer the other day. (coughs) What was saying that... Um, it is important that we pray before we open Scripture yes, yes, because yes, yes. we want to be enlightened. Amen. We don't want our own Amen. opinions. Right. But apart from that, there is another power in this world mm-hmm. that wants to deceive. Yes, and if yes, we don't yes, have, yes. if we don't ask for um, the Holy Spirit to take us through the Scripture, yes, this other power yes, is yes. just waiting to deceive us like he did Amen. Eve. Amen. So That's I wonder right. if just before we open, can we just yes. ask for enlightenment, please? Definitely. definitely. Would you like to? I would love to pray. Thank you. Let us pray, and dear listener, please join us if you can. Father in heaven, we are grateful and thankful, first and foremost for your love and mercy towards each one of us. Lord, we are so thankful in that Jesus has demonstrated your love towards us. And Lord, we thank you for this privileged and wonderful opportunity to study from Scripture and understand what your word has to say to us today. Lord, we pray that your Holy Spirit, that he would guide us into all truth and understanding. And we pray that you would um, help us to trust in what the Bible says. And of course, as humans, we might have presuppositions. But I pray that you'd help us to take the word, the, the, the word as it reads. And, uh, and as the Holy Spirit convicts the heart, we pray that you'd help us to follow. This we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Yes. Usually we do pray before the program, yes. but it's also good to pray with our listener. Thank and, you. And, and, and this topic is not, it's not an easy topic, with all <laughs> honesty. And yeah, but um, hey, let us study together. The first question is, how can we discover and understand Bible truth, Helen? Okay, let me just mention that we are coming before you all in humility and prayer. That's right. Okay, and we will test the claims Mm -hmm. of the Reformers by the Bible. And I I believe it is vital that any truth be tested by a study of the Scriptures. Yes. Private speculations and interpretations will never unlock the secrets of prophecy. We need to handle the Scriptures carefully and prayerfully, Mm -hmm. looking at passages in their context and comparing Scripture with Scripture. And only a daily relationship with Jesus and a prayerful study of His Word will enable us to discover the truth. But there is a great text in Acts 17. Mm -hmm. 
verse 11. That's right. And I believe that this was talking about a group of um, people from yes, yes. Um, Berea. That's right. We That's call right. them the Bereans. The Bereans, all right. And it says here, yeah. these were more, this is Acts 17, 11, yes. these were more fair-minded than those in Thessalonica in that they received the word of God with all readiness Wonderful. and searched the scriptures daily mm-hmm. to find out whether these things were so. So there are two okay. points there. Right. That is to search the, well, three, search the scriptures, receive it with readiness, yes. search it daily. Wonderful. Yeah. In other words, don't take, don't take our word, don't take the word of any preacher right. or teacher. That's Check right. it out by scripture yourself. God's word alone. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Okay. I love that. And why does the Bible prophecy, oh, every time we study Bible prophecy, we encounter immediately images and symbols and, and many things are, are like that. Why does the Bible use such graphic and negative terms to describe certain global Well, that's interesting, isn't it? Because um, if we look into the scriptures, well, number one, God is strong in his language. That's right. He doesn't, as we say in our language, he doesn't pussyfoot around, you know, because he is strong in his love. Mm -hmm. And the Bible reveals the good and bad of political leaders, nations and religions, the uncensored history and future of characters and events. They provide graphic details of evil and personal sin. And we can learn from past mistakes and avoid future dangers. Within the Bible, God has been particularly passion, passionate yes. in his warnings of apostasy right. with his chosen people. That's right. and, and throughout these studies that we're doing, we see that God pointing out faults even in the Jewish and Christian faiths alike, right. whether Protestant or Catholic. Mm-hmm. God has his people in all religions, yes. his genuine followers of all faiths, right. and will see the dangers and be obedient to his call for return to the original faith of the scripture. Right. And again, let me say there's a good text in Revelation mm-hmm. chapter 3, verse 19, yes. and it says, as many as I love, right. catch that? Yes. As many as I love, right. I rebuke and chasten, therefore mm-hmm. be zealous and repent. Yeah. I mean, it's like a parent, isn't it? That's right. Because That's right. we love our children, and you're a father, you're a parent. Yes, yes. And there are times when you need to rebuke your child. Definitely. I mean, you yeah. don't want your child running out in front of a truck, do you? No, no, not at all. No, and why right. do you stop them? That's right. Well, because I love them. Absolutely. That's right. yeah. And that's why God does this for us, because he has that amazing love, and he that's wants right. to dwell with us. He wants only the best for us, yes, yes, that yes. he will rebuke and chasten. You know, that makes perfect sense, because here's the thing. If you love much, you also give much. You also protect much, as I think of it. Yes. Um, and, uh, yeah, that, that makes perfect sense to me. And I love the fact that you emphasize that God is not respecter of persons. Whether you be uh, good or bad, um, Catholic, Protestant, Muslim, God reveals truth about a person, an entity, an organization, just reveals the truth. Yes. So that way, hopefully, that uh, uh, one would actually listen mm-hmm. and, 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 and turn back to God. Yes. That is wonderful. That is wonderful. So, so, so the message for today, therefore, is for all of us to learn from. Yes. And, uh, and as we, yeah, as we will be looking at some quite, um, yeah, strong <laughs> words and statements, I think we must not lose sight of the fact that what God is trying to do here is to... Usually I use this illustration. 
if 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 my beloved ones were in a house and a fire starts in the next room, I would not say, "Honey, come out of the room." I would scream, <laughs> and and I think God is screaming at this time, and He's saying, yes. "This is the way to go." Oh, yes. that stay away from that simply because He loves much. Yes, that's absolutely. Right. That's right. Yes. Okay. No, that's, that's He wants us to understand. Yeah, yeah. Now, Helen, in our first lesson, yes, we went through quite a lot of symbols. Mm-hmm. We looked at kingdoms. We saw. Yes. Mm, and, and we also looked at ten characteristics yes. of this figure, mm-hmm. uh, the Antichrist. Yes. Now, if I may also maybe backtrack a little bit. Now, the Bible does use, as primarily in the book of John, uh, or, or the epistles written by John, of the word Antichrist. And, and John applies Antichrist to anyone, any system that goes, con- that, 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 that goes contrarily, contrary to God's uh, will. Let, let, maybe let me clarify. Anyone or any system that seeks to go in the place of God. However, we also saw that the Bible speaks about an Antichrist to come. Mm-hmm. Uh, the man of sin mm-hmm. uh, to come. And how this great deceiver would come, you know, in the last days, yes. so we are not referring to political powers or or, or 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 other systems. We are focusing in in this lesson, as I understand, onto this great power, yes. isn't it? Yes. All right. So we looked at ten points. Yes. Um, maybe you can walk us through some of these. I'd be happy to do that. Just yeah. before I do, let me mention that I was doing a study the other day yeah. and um, getting some notes from Mark Woodman, Wonderful. some may know. Yes. And he doesn't just come up with 10, he comes up with 21. 21? Which I found that really interesting when I started to go in and have a look at them. Wonderful. So okay. in my mind, mm-hmm. when I went through them, I thought, well, this really is spot on. Okay. okay. You know, um, the Bible prophecy gives us significant numbers of yes. clear characteristics. It helps us to identify That's the right. Antichrist. Right. And there is an illustration that I'd like to share. And just imagine that you yes. were asked by a friend to pick someone up from the airport. You've never met this person. Yes. And the first thing you want to know is how are you going to recognize that person? That's right. So, because it could be hundreds of people coming off the plane. Yes. But your friend says to you, that's easy. You see he'll be wearing a pink suit, a bright yellow tie, mm-hmm. and <laughs> and one high heel shoe. Well, I tell you, you couldn't miss someone like that. Exactly. Plus, he's going to have purple hair. He's 80 years of age and wow. only has one leg. He'll stand up just like that. Yeah. yeah. Do you like that illustration? Uh, it's, well, it's you, really good. Do you think you would miss him? No, definitely not. No. Definitely I know not. that's an extreme that's example. Right. That's right. But in a similar way, God gives us a number of very clear identifying marks for the key players in this prophecy and that includes the Antichrist so let's have a quick look here Mm -hmm. Um, we highlighted on the last study the characteristics from Daniel 7 clue number one it arises from Western Europe clue number two it is a little kingdom clue three it arises from the ten tribes of Europe Um, were after the ten tribes of Europe were established. Yes. Clue number four: it overcomes three political powers as it rises to prominence. Yes. 
These were all dealt with last night. Clue That's number right. five, it's different from the other ten powers. Right. Clue six, it would have a man at its head who speaks for it. Mm-hmm. Seven, it would speak blasphemies against God. Eight, yes. it would persecute God's people. Right. We're going to go in these a little bit more in depth in a moment, that's Fabiano. Right. No, that's good. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, because I don't think we want to leave people just with this list. We want to explain why Definitely. if we've got the chance Definitely. later. Yes, but right. it would persecute God's people. It would be in power for 1260 years, right. and this power would attempt to change times and the law. Right. And when you look at all these and put it together, it's like the jigsaw fits. That's right, that's right. Okay. Were the Protestant reformers correct? Mm-hmm. Mm, this could be interesting. Well, that's, well, uh, well ex- explain for us then, were they correct? Or, or should I ask, who is this Antichrist power of Daniel chapter uh, chapter 7, of whom we studied about. Yeah, well, when the when the Protestant reformers studied the book of Daniel, they pinpointed the Roman papacy as the little horn power. Okay. They didn't point to the people, no. you know, that go, that um, I've got many, many friends that are in the papal church, mm-hmm. but they pointed to Roman papacy. To the papacy. Yes, the as being the little right. horn power. Right. And, you know, these earnest individuals were not trying to criticize their fellow believers either, because no. many of them were still Catholic priests. That's right. They were simply studying the messages of love and correction provided by God and the prophecies of Scripture. So we need to go through each clue and just look at the evidence and see if the Roman papacy matches the clues provided in this prophecy. And if you don't mind, I'd like to go through the clue number one. Do you remember? Uh, Before we go to clue number one, I just want to remind our viewers. Okay. Within Bible prophecy, there is one specific Antichrist who is described in a great detail, and this power, as we have mentioned, will arise in in the last days. Mm-hmm. So okay. I just want to say, as we go through this, as we listen to you explain, let us also remember what we heard last night, the time frame. Then I think it's going to help us to also... That's um, a good yeah, point, Fabian, yeah. oh, a good right, point. Yeah. So clue number one mm-hmm. says that it would arise from Western Europe. Okay. Okay, well, if you look at the papacy, yes. where is it? Well, right in the middle of Europe, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, the, 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 the home or the seat of the papacy is in Rome, That's right. Italy, right in the heart yes. of Western Europe. That's right. So we could tick that one, could we not? That's right. In fact, Google says, when, it's, when it talks about Vatican, it actually calls it a city-state surrounded, oh, yes. surround, surrounded by Rome. Well, this is yeah. this is like the second clue we mentioned. It's a little kingdom. It's a little kingdom. Have you ever been there, Fabiana? No, I haven't. Well, I was yeah. privileged to yeah. go in 1972, wow. and I was blown away mm-hmm. because, you know, this second fact says the Vatican is a little nation, right. and it actually is. It's a very small independent kingdom mm-hmm. within Europe, mm-hmm. and the entire kingdom is located on just... Over 40 hectares. Oh, wow. That's not Oh, big. that's 100 acres of land. Yeah. It is not very big. Yeah. And I was fascinated that when we went there and we went up into the um, St. Peter's Cathedral, yeah. there, is, there is a double wall and you can actually climb upstairs and you come out on the top. Okay. And, and here you overlook the square, the Vatican Square. Uh-huh. But what intrigued me yes. was they have their own post office 
Well, they did back then. I'm assuming they still do. They sold their own stamps. They were actually known as the city. They were known as this kingdom, this nation within the nation. Okay. You just just said what I wanted to say. Sorry. No, no, no. It's good. So it's a nation within a nation. Yeah. It's just fascinating. And it's only on 108 acres of land. That's, That's not big. No. Yeah, yeah, that's not and yet how much that place is respected, you know, through the war. I remember how, you know, um, the enemies could come so far and no further. Mm-hmm. It's just amazing. Right. Well, let's move on. Okay. The third clue said, it. what do you know the third clue was? Well, it, it arises after the ten tribes of Europe. I'm just seeing if you're awake. <laughs> I, I am. <laughs> good. I'm okay. Because I'm, I'm trying to pull the picture together. Yes, good, mm-hmm. good. Yes, so after the ten tribes of Europe were established... Mm-hmm. It arose. Mm-hmm. And that's very interesting because when you look at the time factor, you yes. know, we were saying before, the papacy rose to political power in 538 AD. So after Jesus had left this earth. And okay. the ten kingdoms were established in 476 AD. Okay. You got the picture? So, yes, yes. The papacy received its major political power once it overthrew the Arian Ostrogoths in 538 AD. Right. So we can tick that clue yes. because it arose after the ten tribes of Europe were established. Oh, interesting. All right. Okay. Clue number four. Number four, yep. It overcomes three political powers as it rises to prominence. Okay. Now, I find this very interesting. I actually even went to the history books when I first learned about this. Yes. And what is in- interesting that the fact four for the Antichrist, uh-huh. it's the papacy uprooted three tribes. Yes. They were known as the Vandals, uh-huh. the Heruli, Her- 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 okay. and the Ostrogoths. And it's interesting because those three virtually would not give in. Wow. You know, and they wouldn't give in to, to this papacy. That's right. And over time, most of the ten kingdoms of Europe adopted Roman Christianity. Yes. However, three of these kingdoms that opposed Rome and refused to cooperate. That's right. And um, that was in 493 AD. Right. The Heruli uh-huh. was done uh-huh. away, defeated by Catholic emperors. Yes. The Vandals in 534 AD and the Ostrogoths, 538 AD. Wow. All three kingdoms were plucked out by the roots and they have disappeared from Europe. So can we say clue four? Yep. We can tick okay. that one? We'll tick that one off. All Are right. you ticking mm-hmm. them? Good. Yes. <laughs> okay, clue five said it would be different from the other ten powers. That's right. Okay. okay. The papacy is a religious power. Yes. It is different from all other powers in terms of being a religious power than the ones before. before. A church controlling politics was certainly different from the first ones, Daniel 7.24. They were secular governments, Mm -hmm. and here we've got one that is a religious power. And I think for those who might be listening also um, to this this program uh, who might not have listened to yesterday's program, we heard that the, 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 the... that the, the the book of Daniel and Revelation speaks about this Antichrist, mm-hmm. but 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 this Antichrist comes within the fourth kingdom, but the fo- the, the, the 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 kingdoms that came before were not religious, so, so it is a mm-hmm. unique kingdom. Yes, now. okay, absolutely, you've got it. Yeah. Okay, so we okay. take clue, yeah, we'll take that one off. clue right. five. Now we're up to clue six. Yes. It would have a man at his head who speaks for it. Right. Now, we only need to go into the newspapers today yes. or even into history, and it says right. the Pope is known as the absolute head of the church. 
The papacy has one man at the head. Mm -hmm. It is not a democratic government. The Pope is the ultimate authority who speaks for the church. And I think you would agree for that. uh, So we're going to tick that one off, aren't we? Well, this one is a bit harder for me to sort of talk about, but unfortunately it is true. This this power would speak blasphemies against God. This is the Antichrist. So what does blasphemy mean? Okay, blasphemy is when you talk against God. Mm-hmm. And well, let me give you some ex- some examples. Might be easy for people to understand. Yes. Number one, the Pope claims to be God on earth. Okay. Now, according to the Bible, blasphemy yes. is either claiming to forgive sins, mm-hmm. and we can see that in Luke five twenty one, okay. or claiming to be God, John ten thirty three. Mm-hmm. Now, in both those instances, Jesus was accused of blasphemy. Mm-hmm. Blasphemy because he forgave sins. Yes. Blasphemy because he said God and I are one. So, so, so in the understanding of the Jews, yes, only God can forgive. Absolutely. Sin. But you know what? I actually just made a mistake there. In the understanding of Scripture, only God can forgive sin, and only yes. God can also claim to be the only one true God. Yes. So when Jesus was claiming to be God, the Israelites, the chosen people of God at that time, said, how can this be? This is blasphemy. Yes, but okay. it wasn't actually because no, no, Jesus, right. in John it says, and and he was God. Mm, mm. And, you know, he became flesh and dwelt among us. Right. And John so 1, 1. he yeah. actually was not committing blasphemy, although some of them thought that. But you know, if you look into the papacy, the papacy does claim both. In 1870, the Vatican Council declared that the Pope was infallible whenever speaking from his position of authority. And it's interesting because there was a quote Mm -hmm. that came from Leo the 13th. It says, we, the Popes, Mm -hmm. hold this earth, hold upon this earth the place of God Almighty. Yeah, those are huge claims. Uh, that's blasphemy. That is blasphemy. Yeah, I'm sorry. And then there's another one from the yes. Catholic National. It said, the Pope is not only the representative of Jesus Christ, but he is Jesus him, Jesus Christ himself hidden under the veil of flesh. Whoa. There's yeah. another one here. I haven't finished. I could many more than this, but I'll just read one more. It says, thus the priest may in a certain manner be called the creator of the creator. Since by saying these words of consecration, he creates, as it were, Jesus in the sacrament. Well, I'm sorry, and and look, if this is a shock to the listeners, please go and check it out. We are just reading quotes from from the priests and the Catholic manual, and it can be such an eye-opener for so many people. Just a quick question. What was the reference for the one that that, that, that said that he claims to be Jesus Christ himself hidden under the veil? Okay, was that was the Catholic National. That was the National Catholic National, okay. <laughs> not the Catholic. That was very good. The Catholic, Catholic National, and and that actually was stated and it, many years ago, but they still hold on to it. And that was in July eighteen ninety five. That came Interesting. out. Interesting. Yeah, and uh, duties and dignities of the priest mm-hmm. by Saint Alphonsus de. Liguari, mm-hmm. he was the one that wrote about a certain man to be called the creator of the creator. Interesting. Well, I don't even know this how is, they could say uh, that. That this was. Is, this is blasphemy. Well, I'm sorry, but we do have to tick that clue. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so let's move on. Clue eight says it would persecute God's people, the Antichrist. Fact number eight. Mm-hmm. Has the papacy persecuted and killed millions of people? 
Well, if you look into the Dark Ages, the Church of Rome killed more people than what Hitler did during World War II. Conservative estimates place the killings at 50 million people, with some experts placing the figure closer to 150 million deaths. Millions of people Mm. were burnt at the stake for heresy. They were considered to be heretics when they were simply following the truths of Scripture instead of the dictates and traditions of the church. That is, yeah, that is... Well, it's sad. It is sad. It is sad, but here is another fact, so we have to take that one. Mm -hmm. Clue number nine, it would be in power for 1260 years. Mm -hmm. Antichrist fact number nine, the papacy actually ruled for 1260 years. It gained ultimate power in 538 AD Mm -hmm. when the final opposition, the Ostrogoths, were defeated. The church then ruled for 1260 years until Pope Pius VI was taken captive by Napoleon's general, Berthier. Interesting. This is also in history books. That's right. You know, the Pope was stripped of his political powers, just as the prophecy predicted. The Antichrist received what they called a deadly wound in 798, ending the power of the papacy. Hmm. But clue 10, I know I'm racing this a little bit, but I'm conscious of our time. That's right. Clue number 10, this power would attempt to change times and laws. This is a fact that a lot of people don't know. Maybe we should take a break. Okay. And uh, try to soak all this Take in. Take in what we're doing. That's right. Yes. And, and, Thank and you. And we'll be back after the... I think we probably should have taken a break after every clue after somehow. The, but we might have lost some people. Yes. That's right. That's right. Go Thank for it. Thank you, Helen. Well, mm-hmm. listen, uh, dear listener, please do stay with us. We'll be right back. When your life gets harder and the world gets worse, Jesus has the answers. Do you need the hope that Jesus will bring into your heart? What about your friends, family or workmates? Faith FM's free offer for you today is a life-changing book called The Great Controversy, filled with stories of hope and encouragement that are guaranteed to draw you closer to Jesus. To receive your free copy of The Great Controversy, go to faithfm.com.au or call us on 1-800-FAITH-FM. That's And when 
And when I come to die And when I come to die Give me Jesus Welcome again, dear listener. This is Faith FM, Positively Different. You are listening to Fabiano and Helen as we discuss the topic of who is the Antichrist. This is the second part to a study that uh, uh, we started studying um, last night. And uh, Helen has walked through uh, uh, nine points thus far about some of the key characteristics of the uh, of the Antichrist as... Uh, as an answer or even a, a, a more detailed uh, approach to some of the points that uh, uh, were shared with us last night. Now, Helen, I'm just going to ask you to give us just a summary um, of some of these points. Uh, so that way, for those who might be listening for the first time, may be able to get a bit of an understanding of what it is that we are discussing and why we uh, uh, pointing out these point points, uh, pointing out these ten points. Oh well. Yes. Please, take, please go ahead. Okay. Look, I'm very much aware this is probably overwhelming for people. Mm-hmm. It was for me mm-hmm. when I was first enlightened, and That's right. and then I needed to do a lot of study on it. What you'll find if you if you go to Daniel and in particularly in Daniel seven, right. there is an interpretation given. A vision is explained that Daniel had been given by an angel, That's right. and the vision in there explained what this beast was. And in fact, we had talked recently, mm-hmm. um, and I think it was from verse twenty twenty two twenty three. All right. Um, Here we are. It says it will be different from all the others. We've talked about that. Mm -hmm. It will devour the whole world, trampling and crushing everything in its path. Mm -hmm. You know, and it it talks about (coughs) ruling the people. It talks about defeating the people. And if you go through that whole chapter, Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, I moved away from the mic then. Go go through that whole chapter and you can tick off the clues too. So let me just quickly summarize again. It arose from Western Europe. It's a little kingdom. It arises after the ten tribes of Europe were established. Overcomes three political powers as it rises to prominence. It is different from the other ten powers. Mm -hmm. Have a man at the head who speaks for it. Would speak blasphemies against God. And that was shocking, what we just read. It would persecute God's people. It would be in power for 1260 years. Now, I've got clue 10. We've ticked off all those. And clue 10 said this power would attempt to change times and 
laws. Right. Okay. Now, I find this extremely interesting. Mm-hmm. What would you, was your first thought when we read out this clue? About the... Papacy attempting to change God's law. Yeah, well, I, I guess what came to my mind was, okay, so the law that has been spoken of here must be God's law because um, this is God telling us about a system seeking to take the place of Christ and, uh, and his government. So this system will be attempting to change God's holy law, the Ten Commandments, yeah. which Paul speaks of, and he says... Um, that uh, that the law is just uh, pure and holy, and uh, and uh, of which Jesus said in Matthew five that He came to fulfil, and that heaven and earth will pass away, but no one jot or one title would come away from. It. So I'm yes. thinking, what came to my mind was that okay, so this system, since it's it is a system against Christ, will be also seeking to get rid of the law, which is the foundation of His kingdom. Okay, mm. let me just explain this, if I may, Fabiano. I've had right. people that have been absolutely stunned okay. that the law that they thought mm-hmm. that they were following, the um, you know that was given out in the Catholic Church, mm-hmm. when they compared it with Scripture, right. it was different. And most people are not aware of that. Mm-hmm. You know, for example, it, it actually fulfilled this amazing prophecy. Mm-hmm. And firstly, the Catholic catechisms have shortened the Sabbath commandment from nearly 100 words down to eight. Oh, wow. That's quite a reduction. Yes. And they also removed the second commandment completely. Now, the second commandment in Scripture says, You shall not make for yourself a carved image, or you shall not bow down to them, nor serve them. Mm -hmm. So they took out number two. Which forbids the worshipping of idols, mm-hmm. bound to images. All right. That's yeah, true. that's right. And then what they had to do, because it's got to be Ten Commandments, <laughs> they then split number Ten Commandment okay. into two. Wow. So right. they've not still got Ten Commandments, mm-hmm. but most people are not aware that they're not the same as what Scripture is. And it is an eye-opener for a lot. It was an eye-opener for me, I can tell you that. Um, You know, it's along with this, the church actually claims to have changed the Sabbath. All right. Seventh day of the week to Sunday. The Sabbath is the only commandment associated with times. Now, remember we said clue 10, the power would attempt to change times and law. And any attempt to change the law of God is blasphemy. It is. When all is revealed, the Roman papacy fits all the clues perfectly. There is no other power in history or the future would possibly fit all the clues that the prophecy of Daniel 7 has provided. Now, let me just tell you, you'll have people that will be saying tonight, how did they change the... the, um, the time. The time, yeah. Okay. You know, well, if you look through through history, yes. and God has given us examples of um, why we should keep the seventh-day Bible Sabbath. That's right. And that, by the way, is Saturday. Yes. And in fact, the Catholic Church themselves will tell you that. Yes. Uh, I know um, a friend of mine went along to his uncle the priest and asked him, what day is the true Sabbath? And he said, Saturday. Wow. And he said, well, why aren't we keeping it? And he said, because we follow the church. You know, funny thing, I also uh, visited a certain gentleman with a group of other people, just visiting him to share the truth, uh, or what we believe as truth, as it is found mm. in the Bible. And when we came to this topic, guess what he taught us? He was a Pentecostal uh, 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 spiritual leader, uh, very active in his church. He said, 
I thought you came to tell me something new. I already knew that. Yeah. I was shocked. It's interesting, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. yeah. And and the thing is, they also say um, it's in commemoration of the resurrection. Mm. However, there's nowhere in Scripture that validates us to keep Sunday. No. Well, and I think... And that's another topic on its own, of that's course. Right, that's right. And, and today we mm-hmm. know Good Friday comes on Friday. And resurrection morning is on first day, of course, according to the Bible, uh, Luke 20, um, I believe it's Luke 21. Uh, so, yeah, it is very clear, yeah, from Scripture. That's right. It was interesting that the church's response to the Reformation, mm-hmm. they were deeply concerned. The Roman church was deeply concerned about the Reformation. Mm-hmm. They had the Muslims fighting them from without and Protestants fighting them from within. Okay. And church leaders held a series of meetings in That's the right. northern Italian city of Trent That's right. designed to develop initiatives to counter the Reformation. Mm-hmm. And one of the key points of discussion that related to the authority of the Bible over church practice and tradition. Mm-hmm. The first issue of discussion was the Bible versus tradition. Mm -hmm. The Archbishop of Reggio gave a speech at Trent claiming that Protestants also believe in the authority of church and tradition. The Archbishop pointed to the fact that the Protestants were keeping Sunday, a day made by church authorities and tradition, Mm -hmm. and he claimed that Sunday was certainly not a day of worship based on the Bible. Interesting, Mm -hmm. interesting. And I have here a quote which says, The Sabbath, the most glorious day in the law, had been changed into the Lord's day. These and other similar matters have not ceased by virtue of Christ's teaching. For he says he has come to fulfill the law, not to destroy it, but they have been changed by the authority of the church. Now, that came from, and I'm not sure I can pronounce his name properly, Mm -hmm. but he was the Archbishop of Reggio, Mm -hmm. and it was an address at the Council of Trent. Right. which was a very important council. That's right, that's right. You know, this gave the church courage and confidence in their basis for faith. They knew the Protestants had a weak link to their yes. th- theology. Yes. The council then turned to the second issue, the Antichrist and Bible prophecy, mm-hmm. and that was their Achilles heel, if you like. Okay. You know, they then looked at it, and this is amazing. The reformers saw Bible prophecy like a road map of time. Yes. Prophecy outlines a future from the time of the vision through to the end of time. Mm-hmm. The reformers knew from the book of Daniel that many of the great empires had come and gone. That's right. They could trust the Bible. That's right. They then pinpointed their time in Bible prophecy and identified the Pope as the Antichrist. So the counter-reformation was a response to the Reformation. The Reformation said the Bible and the Bible alone and through the study of Scripture and prophecy came to this conclusion that the church at that time and the leaders were the Antichrist by looking at those points which we just have looked at. And now the church says at that time, okay, we're going to respond. Yes. And there was a counter-reformation of which did what? Well, it's interesting because they took two points and um, it was entered under the Jesuit order. Now, we won't have time to go into it all, I realize this, but the Jesuit order suggested two alternative views on prophecy. There was preterism, that's putting the Bible prophecy into the past, and futurism, putting Bible prophecy into the future. And, of course, the listeners can't see me moving my hands about, can (laughs) they? (laughs) But, you know, I won't go into all of that, but if you want to look it up, you will find that is true. In fact, I know some people who are futurists, 
Right. And um, but when you you start looking at the um, timeline in Daniel, yes. there are things that do not fit into That's the right. into the past, like the pretests, right. or into the future. It's That's historical right. fact, That's right. and um, that it was really interesting because. Unfortunately, today, many Christians believe one of the two ways. Sad. It is sad. It is sad. Because as I look at Scripture, especially Bible prophecy in the book of Daniel, it is so clear. And starting with Daniel chapter 2, we have a historical approach to prophecy uh, in the fulfillment of the, uh, the four kingdoms. And uh, Daniel 8, building on 2. Yes. Oh, we have studied in Daniel 7. Yes. Daniel 9, building it is a clear time prophecy. Yes. And it will be very sad to see it. But, but I can understand, though, Helen, because here's the thing. When someone catches you up onto something and you don't want to admit it, guess what you do? You try to find a way to distract people. Say, oh, no, no, that wasn't me. You throw it there into the future. Yes. Oh, no, no, throw it back to the past. And then you just get people confused. Yes. And I think that's what we see here. Yes, I think that's true. I think that's true. Interesting. Well, Helen, I think we need to bring it to, uh, to a close. But I'd like to ask the following question as, uh, as we, we think about bringing this to a close. Will the Antichrist power take part in the events of the last days? Well, Revelation 13.3 says, And I saw one of its head as if it had been mortally wounded, and its deadly wound was healed, and all the world marveled and followed the beast. You know, the papacy received a deadly wound when the Pope was taken captive. We've spoken of that with yes. General Berthier yes. in 1798. That's right. The prophet John then saw a time when the wound would heal. The power of the Antichrist will return. Mm. And John saw all the world marveled and followed the beast. The role and influence of the papacy in last day events will actually be discussed tomorrow. That's right. And That's right. Uh, that should be a very interesting, oh, very the final interesting. superpower. That's right. Um, right. But yes, it will play an important part in history. And so, so how should we apply now some, all of these things which we have learned today? We have looked at the, uh, the Antichrist uh, starting yesterday night uh, from, a script, from, a scripture, from Scripture, from a biblical standpoint. And today we have even looked at what the Reformers, uh, uh, um, reformers believe to be the Antichrist. And we went through yes. those ten points and we found that to be true as well. So, because that's what the Bible says. Because that, exactly. Yes. Because that is what the Bible says. But Helen, what do we learn from this, especially when we are dealing with truth, as the Bible says, what do we learn from this? Okay. Um, Fabiano, the Christian life is a growth experience. Mm -hmm. Just as the Reformers grew in their knowledge of truth and love for Jesus, we need to grow every day also. Right. We shouldn't be content with the truth that we have. We need okay. to be studying the Scriptures and learning more about Jesus and His love. That's right. As we apply what we learn from the Bible, our own lives experience a personal revival and reformation. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. We love Jesus more and demonstrate his love to others. We That's learn right. to hate sin and love doing right. That's right. And over time, God will put such a love for truth in our hearts and we mm -hmm. become willing to die rather than dishonor God. It is vital, though, that when presenting songs such strong truths such as the Antichrist, mm -hmm. that we must not ourselves display a spirit of Antichrist. Sure. We need, and I hope we have come across tonight, as humble, loving, and Christ-focused. Not dwelling on the faults of others, we need to uplift Christ. Amen. It is vital that we know this prophecy because it protects us from areas of deception. That's right. But knowing the identity of the Antichrist will not save us. Mm -hmm. Knowing the person of Christ will. There's a text in Proverbs 4.18 that says, 
The path of the just is like the shining sun. It shines ever brighter unto the perfect day. And I think that's a, a good text to finish on. Wonderful. But if I may just say three points that we need to remember. Yes, please. One, the Protestant believers understood prophecy as a road map of, map of time. That's right. The evidence number two, the evidence of the Roman church in history fulfills the biblical marks of the Antichrist. Number three, we need to demonstrate the spirit of Christ when dealing with sensitive prophecies. Wonderful. You know, and Wonderful. I guess we could ask our listeners today, are you willing to follow Jesus wherever he leads, even if you face opposition for your faith? Right. I hope That's and right. pray the answer is yes. Amen. Please study, yes. Yes. especially the prophecies, Daniel 7. Definitely. Not only that, uh, to our dear listener, I would like just to share this, this verse as, a, as we bring it to a close. Revelation 1 verse 3, it actually says, Blessed, or another word for blessed is happy, is he who reads and those who hear the words of this prophecy and keep those things which are written in it for the time is near. Jesus is inviting us to study and to grow and to actually learn more of Christ and to allow Christ to have his way in our life um, for he is at the, end of, at the end of the day the author and the finisher of our faith. Yes. Thank you Helen for sharing this wonderful truth and we have learned quite a lot today. But I would like to just ask before we could pray uh, if you might have any final words uh, or were those your final words? <laughs> well, they were pretty well the final words, but I guess we need to ask some questions. Yes. And, and that is, what would you, listener, what would you say to someone that is just saying, well, that's just an interpretation mm. of the Antichrist. And I guess um, my answer to that would be, it is not my interpretation. It is scripture. The scripture interprets itself. And if we study scripture daily and we get to know scripture and we get to know Christ, we will have these answers and we know it will be truth and it will set us free. Those that have learned those things, as you said in Revelation, blessed are they. And we would wish that each one that is listening will be blessed by the truths that we've shared tonight. But don't take our words for it. Please be like the Bereans. Go back and study it. Study it. That's right. You will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Dear listener, thank you for joining us. Let us close our eyes, if possible. If you're driving, please do not close your eyes. As we close with a word of prayer, Helen, please lead us in prayer. I'd love to. Thank you, loving Heavenly Father. We do thank you. We thank you for loving us so much that you have exposed these truths in the Bible for us because you love us. You rebuke us, you chasten us, but as a Father who loves us beyond anything else that we've experienced, we thank you for your truth. We thank you for the time that we have, that we can set time apart daily to study your word, to see if these things are so. Mm. I pray that hearts will be open tonight. Maybe just out of curiosity, Father, I don't know, but I pray that there will be some out there, if not all, that will want to go back and check these words and see for themselves and know with an assurity that just as you you predicted in Daniel 2 about all the nations and the great statue and every part has come true. Father, we know the Bible is true and Lord 
Lord, there is only one more kingdom to be established, and that's yours. And we believe, Lord, that seeing the rest has come true, that that is going to come true too. I pray that at that time, not one, not one of the listeners, Lord, none of the panel, none of us will be missing on that day that we will embrace the truth and that we will follow you and live life more abundantly now and live life more clearly and dearly with you in the kingdom. I pray in your name. Amen. Bearing shit